0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Your host, Dr. D. J. McKinsey with the Master Key. Well, on this president's day, I pray that your day has been blessed and enjoyable. Those that did not have to work, I pray that God uh uh grace you to be able to experience a time of rest, a time of relaxation, a time of uh time of reflection. Uh, I enjoy myself today. I spent a little quality time with my family. Uh, I love spending time with family And um, It was kind of short But I enjoyed it My day started out a little late today But uh, I thank God for the day Today I want to uh, Talk about some practicalities Of uh, Faith I had a Riding home, (coughs) excuse me. Glory to God. Riding home from um, service on uh, yesterday, Uh, my youngest daughter was riding with me, and uh, some kind of way we got into question. She asked a question concerning faith. How does it really work? Now I begin to share some practicalities with her. Let's break this down, if you will, uh, so we can understand how God operates and how God desires for us to operate. I think there's such a misunderstanding when it comes down to faith. I, when I listen to even some of my peers, as we begin to dialogue and talk about faith, the majority of Articulate faith from the perspective of gaining things, apprehending things, or something that can cause God's hand to move. Let's break it down. uh, Let's ask the Holy Spirit to help us to break it down from a practical perspective because you're going to continue to get frustrated and aggravated Think of you exercising faith when you're really not exercising faith. A lot of things we call faith, believe it or not, is witchcraft. Uh, and you say, witchcraft, what are you saying, preacher? Yeah, when you try to force God to do something that God don't desire to do, you can't do that and call it faith. You and I can never make God do absolutely nothing that is not in the heart of the mind of God to do. So nobody can have faith to uh, make God, force God to do something that is not in the plan of God. So if we don't really get the fundamentals of faith down, our prayer life, and everything else is going to be off off base. Because we don't understand the fundamentals of faith. Now we know the Bible said that just shall live by faith and not by Side. We're excellent in quoting scriptures. And we also have come to the place that we become excellent in not only quoting scriptures, but trying to make scripture fit our circumstances, situation. And that's the form of witchcraft as well. Uh, that's what Satan did with Jesus, gave him a scripture. Uh, if you be the son of turn these stones into bread, he even quoted Old Testament scripture. It's a form of witchcraft. And not one human being upon the face of this earth, no angel, no one, can force God to do something outside of the will of God, the character of God, the nature of God. So let's look at this and break this element uh, of faith down. I believe that uh, uh, our forefathers, excuse me, our forefathers, Um, Probably the master Excuse me uh, tonight Uh, I won't say the master But one of of the uh, Primary uh, Men of God I don't know if we want to use that word But one of the men of God that got raised up to Really rekindle faith uh, Over 30 30, 40 years ago uh, Has been Longer than that really uh, is Kennedy Hagan uh, When we begin to look at The lives The men and women of God's life Who's been affected by Kenneth Hagan We look at Marilyn Hickey Still going strong today We look at Fred Price Who's going strong today We look, we look at Kenneth Copeland Who's going strong today Out of Kenneth Copeland you got Cliff Dollar, you got Jerry Savale, You have all of those people That has been birthed out of And many we don't even know from Kenneth Copeland. Uh the numerous men and women that has been birthed from Fred Price. We got Ivy Hilliard, which is one of Fred Price's sons. We got um uh, uh, this gentleman out of Maryland, uh what is his name? Um um uh, my, my wife just mentioned his name, young lady uh, that uh, I used to be a member of our church, moved to the Washington D C area. What's what's the name of uh Wendy's pastor's name? What is it? Freeman. Freeman, thank you. I was just asking my wife. Uh, Mike Freeman. That's Fred Christ's son. So we got we got we have these men of faith, but Kenneth all of these men's life has been affected by Kenneth Hagen, who's going to be with the Lord. So he was a man that God used to reintroduce or to pioneer faith in our day and time. The man that influenced Kenneth Hagen, majority when you look at all, the majority of all of his teachings, you can trace his teachings back to E.W. Kenyon, a man that had a divine revelation with God. He was a pioneer uh, in the areas of faith. Anytime you're a pioneer, a pioneer is apostolic, you're pioneering something uh, into the earth realm of uh, the heart of the mind of God, you're going to receive uh, tremendous opposition, persecution. Uh, because you ought to pay set or other thing. So when we begin to understand faith in the fundamental perspective, when you look at these men I just named that teaches faith, look at their relationship with God. See, we want to have faith outside of relationship. The stuff that we call faith is 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 we treat it like it is magical It's a magic wand. Uh, God is our errand boy. I can use faith to make God do whatever I want want him to do. Uh, That's not the essence of faith. Not even a little bit. So we want to break faith down to to you today. And and maybe the spirit of God will renew the spirit of our minds. And so uh, we can get on course and we can be set free uh, from an erroneous mindset belief system uh, concerning faith. And uh, if we don't do that, you're going to continue to be frustrated, aggravated, and you're not going to experience uh, a level, a measure of advancement, if I can use that word, in the kingdom of God. Now, let's break it down, if you will. Uh, I'll quote a few scriptures, and special scriptures that people, when you talk about faith, they always quote scriptures. Have you ever, ever noticed that when you ask a question concerning a subject, a topic, we'll quote a scripture. Why do you think we're quick to quote a scripture and not testify about it? When I mean by testify see you have you just witnessed it. you just experienced it. so if I never experienced a thing, what I'm going to do, I'm going to quote a scripture. The scriptures is not designed for you and I to quote. It's designed for us to live. And if I never experience or live that scripture, scripture I'm going to quote it. So we become master quoters of scripture. And we will satisfy. And people, people is deluded and deceived. And people think that we are spiritual because we were able to quote scripture. Satan is not spiritual. He's dead. He's a dead Spiritual being dead does not mean a knowledge no eradication death means he's separ- he's eternally separated from God. Anything that is separated from God is dead. The essence of all life is God himself, so you can be a al- uh, you can be alive but yet dead. Human beings that have not received Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior they are alive and they are dead. They're really, uh, can I say, alive? They're existing. Let me use that terminology. They are existing, but they're not alive. All life is in God. All life is in Christ. I come to give you life, and to give it to you more abundantly. John ten ten. So, so let's look at this thing. We look at uh, the Word of God, the first scripture. If you ask anybody about faith, what do you think, what scripture going to think they're going to give you first? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's what they're going to give you. They're going to quote Corinthians. For the just shall live by faith. Uh, Romans. For the just shall live by faith. First Corinthians. They're going to tell us uh, uh, how the scripture goes. Uh, uh, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So we we quote we all these scriptures and don't understand the basis of them. What is the base of them, okay the fundamentals. It's my daughter asking me, "How do you practically she used the word practically, but how do you apply faith daddy how, how, how do you, How do I make it real? And I don't remember everything that I quoted to her and shared with her, but I, but this is the essence I shared. I gave her some illustrations. Let's break it down. Now, when I teach on faith, I used to ask this question. And I'm putting this question to you tonight. If someone comes to your house and knocks on your door, a person you've never seen before, a person you do not know, and they ask you are you a christian yes i'm i'm, I'm a christian so you are a man or woman of faith yes i'm i'm a man of faith yes my wife said yes i'm a woman of faith I said, praise god can you do you have faith enough to give me the keys to your car and i bring your car back i need to take up some business so my question would be to you I have a radio audience today how many of you would give your keys, your car keys to a stranger that you don't know? Now I do have some people when I bring this, they how I was going to say they operate from a deep perspective, and that just really stupidity and foolishness. But you're not going to give your car keys to a stranger. Now if the spirit of God speaks to you, that's a whole different ball game. And most likely, He's not going to speak to you. I, I can't even say that. Okay, not say most likely God may speak to you, but on a on a normal basis, you're not going to give your key, your car keys, to a perfect stranger, someone that you do not know. But the stranger said, "Have faith in God." you are a Christian, you were born again, you're a person of faith, then have faith in God that I'm going to bring your car keys back to you. Now, the scripture says faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can they hear? If there's no preacher. How like can he preach unless the preacher been sent? So faith comes by a preacher that's preaching the word that's been sent by God. Sent by who? God. So God speaks to the preacher. This preacher speaks to you the word of God. Now I have a basis. And a premise for faith. Now, now, watch this right here. Faith concerning what? What was spoken? What? 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 See, we got to break. What, what is the power here? Is the power is what was spoken, or is the power who spoke what was spoken? Let's 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 break it down again. Is the power in what was spoken, or is the power in who spoke, what was spoken? Let's give you another illustration. Let's keep tying this in. Now, just say you have two individuals you know. To my radio audience, is there anyone that you know that is a person of integrity? I believe, based on our radio audience, know at least one person that is an honorable person, a person of integrity. Now, do you know at least one person as a liar? I can hear you. Yeah. You probably know more liars than you do uh, men and women of integrity. Probably. Now, you take the two individuals, the person that is a person of integrity, and the person that is a person that is a liar. Now, why would you call the person that you consider a person of integrity, why would you call them integrous? The person that you consider a liar, why would you call them a liar? It's only one way that you can you can do that. The person that you consider to be integrist has proven themselves to be a man or a woman of integrity. They value their word. They keep their word. The one that, and they haven't done it one time. They have lived this life as a person of integrity before you. The one that's a liar didn't lie to you one time. Because a person lie one time, that doesn't make them a liar. What makes them a liar, it is consistent with their character. Now, take the person of integrity, take the person that is a liar. Both of them call you the same day. Minutes apart from each other. Just say, the person of integrity... Call you and say, I have a thousand dollars. Come to my house so I can give you the thousand dollars. Soon as you hang up, the person as a liar call you and say, I have a hundred thousand. Come to my house. I have a hundred thousand dollars. Now you in a situation that you have to make a decision. Because either both of them, if you don't come, you don't get the money. Now you're in a catch-22 situation, 100,000 of 1,000. Tell me, which person house will you go to? This is what you, you'll probably say. Well, since I got a, a relationship with God, I'm going to believe God that the one with the hundred, uh, offered the hundred thousand, I'm going to believe God this time, they're going to come through with their word. That is absolutely stupidity. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. See, that ain't faith. You said, but I, I believe God that God is going to uh, uh, make sure they give me the hundred thousand dollars. God can't make nobody do anything. That's witchcraft. God never make anyone do anything. That's why he have a will. People that's in hell today, they chose to be there. The people that's in heaven today, they chose to be there. God didn't make anyone. It was an act of their will. And what's going to happen? You say, I'm going in faith. I believe God for the hundred thousand I'm going in faith. You get there, the person's not even there. Or you get there, you open up, they open up the door and say, What can I do for you? Well, you called me. You said you had had 100. You didn't know I was kidding? And now you got to rush in your car to go to the other person's house. You don't miss it now. Know why? Now, you missed it. God didn't make you miss it, nor the devil made you miss it. I'm going to tell you why. Because you knew... That the person that said $1,000 was a person of integrity. You took a chance to go to the person with 100000 because of your greed. But isn't that how Satan operates as well? Satan's going to always offer you something many times he cannot come through with. Eve, if you partake of this fruit, you're going to be just like God. Knowing good and evil, and God don't want you to part because He don't want you to know, He don't want you to be just like Him. Now God already improved Himself to Adam. God improved Himself to Eve. Now, here's a snake that's going to come. And a snake is going to offer you something that is forbidden by the one that has proven themselves to be integrous, proving themselves to be faithful, proving themselves to be loving, proving himself to be God. We make faith so difficult. Are you getting this? So the foundation of all faith not, is not what has been spoken. The foundation of all faith is who have spoken. The Greek word, the primary Greek word in, in the New Testament of faith, we got several Greek words, but the fu- fundamental, the fu- uh, uh, pr- uh, primary Greek word is pistis. It is trust, confidence, belief, faith in God or the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a person. It's in a person. Now we're gonna break it break it out Father, in a few minutes here. It's in a person. Now watch this here. So the person that spoke and say, I got a thousand dollars for you. Now, they have proved themselves to you that they have never lied to you. They don't fool around. They they, they don't joke around like that to get you to come out of your house, get in your car, drive to their house, wasting your time, wasting your gas to give you the thing that they promise you. God is a faithful God. God is a God of integrity. God is a covenant-keeping God. Now, watch this right here. Then why do we struggle with God? Let's break it down even further. Let's go to the beginning of the life of a father of faith. Who is the father of faith? Abraham. Abraham. What made Abraham to become the father of faith? The scripture clearly says he what? He believed God, and what happened? And it was accounted to him for righteousness. But how? You said, "But I believe God. Please listen. Let's go back to the, the illustration. Two people. One said, come, I have 100,000. thousand." other said, come, I have a 1,000. You got out of your house, into your car, and you began to move towards the one. Now, what got you to move? Their word. What got you to move? Their word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the strength, one did not come through, but the other one had the money to come through. Now, the average person, let me put it, if it was me, if one person called me and said, I have $100,000 for you, but I know they are a bona fide liar, then another person comes and says, I have $1,000 for you. Let me kind of make it even more practical give you some people. No, 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 I was going to to call some names. That people that I believe, if they told me to come, I know. Without a doubt, that the money is there. But I'm not gonna call any names. We're not here to embarrass anyone. Um, and if I call one person, I say, "Well, why you didn't call my name?" He don't believe I'm, I'm a person of integrity. You see how the devil operate. Now, I would have went to the person have with hundred alpha men I would have went to the one that I know that's proven himself to be a man of integrity. If my covering under acts me. And another preacher that may be on TV, or the case may be, I would have went to my covering. Is my spiritual father would have said, Jake, I have this money for you. And another person, I don't know this person. Now, I, I don't ever recall Dr. Brown ever lying to me. I don't ever recall Bishop Ahmed ever lying to me. These men is men of integrity uh, for, from my perspective. So I'm going to go to the house of the one that I know. I can't say I have faith in the one I don't know. Only way I can have faith in the one I don't know, the spirit of the living God speaks to me and said, Go. So all faiths have, the, the foundation of all faith have every single thing to do with relationship. The father faith, the first thing that God did to cause Abraham to believe in him, was the first thing he did was reveal himself to Abraham. The strength of my faith and the strength of your faith will always be contingent upon the revelation of God. And everybody's everybody that is born again don't have a don't have a revelation of God. To me, that's why our salvation don't last. Now watch this right here. When I first got saved, I did not have a revelation of God. But God was on my life. And the revelation that I had was in this woman that God used to bring me to Christ. And God, in one year, he brought Dr. Brown. That was preparation to get to know God in a, on a higher level. Now, I'm saying, this woman uh, loved God. So I got to know God through her. I did basically everything she did had prayer meet almost every day. But she got home from work, went over there to prayer meet. Learning God. Dr. Brown comes on the scene. I begin to learn God on a higher level. Didn't know him personally. But I was getting to know God through the life that I saw live before me. The, the, the demonstration of God in these people's lives. That was bringing me, listen, that was bringing me into a place to get to know God for myself. How? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. You got to believe that the pastor that you have, if God sent you to that church, that man or that woman, it is is going to be the tool of the instrument that God will begin to use, listen to me, and every pastor need to listen to me, use to bring you to a, a place of intimacy, not with them, but with God. This is very important because if we don't understand this right here, what's going to happen, we're going to be, it's easy for you and I to take ownership and not understand the purpose of relationship. You will be deceived. You will be manipulated, and the enemy will be able to trick you, deceive you, and you will not be able to accomplish the divine and perfect will of God. You'll hinder yourself, and you will hinder others. This whole thing is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about it. He says in Ephesians, uh, he let captive the captain gave gifts unto men. Gave what gifts? The Greek word gifts is dōma. He gave gifts unto men. What he gave? Apostles, prophet, evangelists, pastor, teacher. Now, what is apostles, prophet, evangelists, pastor, teacher? You say, well, these are the thoughts of the church or positions of the church. No, no, no. Yes, they are. But the word doma, the Greek word doma, that therefore, gifts, uh, reveals uh, a dimension of the character of Jesus. In other words, uh, an apostle, those of us that is really all apostles, that means God not only called me, but he chose me. If he chose me and ordained me, then that means there is a dimension of Christ, character that has been developed in me that I can give to the people that God has co- chose me to oversee. Christ. Dimension of Christ. Christ as the apostle. Christ as the prophet. Christ as the evangelist. Christ as the pastor. Christ as the teacher. Christ. Are, are you getting this now? So if if my wife, if my children, if the congregation that God has graced me to shepherd, and my spiritual sons and daughters that I cover, now 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 listen to me. Listen now. Now if they believe God has called them into this relationship, what is the purpose of it? The purpose of uh, biblical relationships is the impartation or the revelation of a dimension of Christ. They have nothing to do with the preacher. They have nothing to do with the preacher. Let's look at the father faith. In the book of Genesis, chapter 18 and verse 19, God speaks this. He said, I know Abraham. He's going to teach his children and his household about me, that I may give to Abraham what I promised Abraham. So this is the father of faith. Genesis. Now he says, he says, I know Abraham. He's going to teach his children and his household, paraphrasing it, about me that I may give to Abraham what I promised Abraham. In other words, what I promised Abraham is continued upon him, teaching, training his children and his household. That means his children and all of the people he owns. About God. And how could Abraham, think about it, how could the father of faith, how could Abraham teach his children, his household, about God if Abraham did not know God? And how could Abraham know God if God did not reveal himself to Abraham? Abraham didn't have a Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, Abraham did not have a Bible. How is it we have a Bible and don't know Jesus? How is it we have a Bible and don't know God? And when I say know God and know Jesus, I, I'm not saying knowing about, knowing about. We're satisfied about knowing about. We're not satisfied about knowing Him. We're satisfied knowing about. And so, what has happened in the church, in the United, the churches in the United States? Uh, we're so weak but inundated with knowledge about how much of our knowledge have led people into a genuine encounter and relationship with the most high God. Everybody don't want to know God. You said, no, no, I, I believe, well, I'll put it, every Christian don't want to know God. I'll put it that way. So now I preach, I, I, uh, well, why would somebody get saved if they don't want to know God? Because you don't get to know God by sitting in a classroom, you don't get to know God by sitting in a church service. you're getting to know about God in a church service in a Bible study in a cell group in your private devotion. you're getting to know about him, but what happened with the majority of christians uh, is this right here, and this is this is a revelation of your faith. When, which when you get to know about him in a church service, in your private time, Bible study, what are the case may be? When you get to know about him, what you don't understand is this right here. The Holy Spirit now is creating circumstances, situation that same week, if not that same day, for you to get to know God. But how do I get to know God? By the appropriation of God. Um, of the information I got about God, now I'm in a situation for God to prove himself. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Are you getting this? Let me let me give you a scripture here. I think that help us to understand this thing about faith and about relationship. Now, God spoke to Abraham, so he's going to teach his children. And I begin to give my daughter an illustration concerning faith. I, 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 uh 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 one of the things I was sharing with her uh uh a couple Sundays ago, she was asking me anything I see in her life that need to be developed, I talked about serving. I said serving is not serving out of convenience. If you serve out of convenience, it's really not service. I said, You know why people people struggle with serving? Because they don't have an adequate and appropriate mentality concerning relationship. I begin to give a illustration. I said, if we really understood a biblical servant is really considered a slave, the definition of it is a slave, we don't want to associate ourselves as a slave. But that's the manipulation of Satan because um, that's why you would never, ever get to know God because you won't serve him. Serving him out of convenience, uh, that'll never happen. He will never reveal himself to you. Paul said, "I am a bond servant or a bond slave." I said, "Think about it, sweetie." I was telling my my daughter. I said, "A a a slave, understand that he or she don't have any rights. He was purchased. He was bought." And you was bought for a particular reason, a particular purpose. I said, gave an example. I said, now, if a master woke up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and wake the slave up and said, I need, you know, I have a taste for some breakfast. Go in there and fix me some buttermilk biscuits. Fix me some eggs. Fix me some pancakes, grits, sausage, bacon. And those little bitty potatoes, pan potatoes, whatever you call those things. Do you think the slave is going to say, I'm tired, I'm sleepy? A slave would never say that because a slave understands I have no right. I'm not here for me. I'm here for my master. I've been bought to execute for my master, to please my master. That's why my master bought me, because my master I have a talent, I have a gift, and I am here for the satisfaction, the advancement, the pleasure of my master. I said, That's a servant. And I said, This is how it works with. I said, The moment I ask you to do something, your mother asked you to do something you write you right in the middle of your television program, your favorite television program that you like. But the only thing that matters is obeying the voice of your authority. As if when you get up and you go with the right mindset, right attitude, because you understand you don't belong to yourself. You gave up all your rights. Slaves don't have any rights. They gave them up. So you get up and go. I say, what happens is this right here. The Lord Jesus who lives on the inside of you, the Spirit of God is going to take his life, take his strength, take his nature, and begin to form it in you. He's going to aid you, help you, and assist you. When you get up and go to obey your authority, the Bible says, Abraham believed God. How do you and I know he believed God? Because he got up and did what God asked him to do. It is impossible to have faith without obedience. Your obedience reveals your faith. Your obedience reveals your trust. Your obedience reveals your confidence. Now what if the master said, get up and fix me some breakfast." Faith comes by what hearing, and hearing by what the word of God. So you sit there, lay there. I shall get up and fix my master some breakfast. I shall get up and fix my master some breakfast. I shall get up and fix my master some breakfast. I shall get up and fix my master. Just keep quoting what the master asks you to do. Then if the master an hour from now call you and say, "Is the breakfast ready?" Uh, well, no, the breakfast is not ready. Well, why the breakfast isn't ready? Well, I was praying about it. The master is probably going to go get his will and beat you half to death because you didn't obey him. I bought you. Who I bought you from told me that you was a master chef. And I wanted breakfast, but I was tired. I bought you for this purpose. And that is one of the problems. Our children don't know God. How many of us parents have a revelation of God and be able to teach our children God? Oh, we want to give them scriptures to quote, read scriptures, give them a Bible reading plan. Only thing we're doing is making them religious just like us. Abraham your teach his children. Now, what would Abraham do in our day and time? Got all these Bibles, every translation. Got the internet, got everything. He'll probably weep and cry at the condition the state the church is in. Know about God, but don't know God. No faith, no trust, no confidence, no nothing. Faith without works is dead. Faith without obedience to it is dead. But the moment you step out, the Spirit of God, share my dog, the Spirit of God now. Aids you, helps you. That's what grace comes in at, ladies and gentlemen. Saved by faith through grace. Or did I quote that right? The power is in the person, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read something to you. We're talking about your leadership. And, and and we need to ask ourselves this question here, all of us leaders. Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse seven. Notice what it says. He's telling the people that has been uh assigned a leader. Hebrews thirteen verse seven says, Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. Well, my superior is Jesus. My leader is Jesus. This is not what this is telling you. Jesus is Lord, Master, and King, but he have an order in his kingdom. There's an order in his kingdom. He said, remember your leaders and superiors in authority, for it was they who brought to you the word of God, now, listen to this, if you will. Listen. Please listen. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living. Consider their manner of living. Consider their manner of living. It did not say consider the ability to teach. It didn't say consider the ability to preach. It did consider the ability to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. It didn't say that. It said, observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith. But what is their faith? Their manner of living. What is their faith? The outcome of their well-spent lives. Their conviction that God exists, It's beautiful here. And imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. The provider and restorer of eternal salvation through Christ. Mm -hmm. Their, still talking about the leader, their leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power... In his wisdom and in his goodness, so other words, you don't have blind faith with a leader. Are, are you getting this? It's still faith. so 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 every leader should be a man and a woman that believes in God. Well, how would you know if they believe in God? Look at the manner of their living. Look at the outcome of their well-spent lives. Their manner of living will reveal, it's going to reveal, if they believe that God exists. It's going to be revealed if they believe that God is the creator and the ruler of all things. They're going to be, their lives is going to reveal that they believe that God is the provider and the bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. Their lives is going to reveal that they're leaning the entire, their entire human personality on God and absolute trust and confidence in his power, in his wisdom, and in his goodness. So it's not a blind faith. What is the attitude and the disposition? What is my attitude and disposition before my wife? What is my attitude and disposition before my children? When hell breaks loose, when things is not working, Have my wife ever heard me murmur, grumble, and complain? Have my children ever heard me murmur, grumble, or complain? The leadership in Panorama, have they ever heard me murmur, grumble, and complain? My spiritual sons and daughters, have they ever heard me murmur, grumble, and complain concerning anything that I've gone through or God has challenged me with? I don't believe they have. That's not my lifestyle. That's not my mindset. And the difference is this, ladies and gentlemen. I am not special. I am not special at all. I began to get to know God before I married my wife, before I had children, before I became a pastor. And this is how it worked. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. For it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe, attentively and consider the manner of living. The outcome of their wealth spent life. I was able to observe the people that brought me to Christ. God graced me to be in relationship with the young lady that brought me to Christ for a year. God graced me to leave everything in St. Petersburg and come here to South Florida. And I lived with my mentor a couple of years. I was able to look at his life, observe his life, and I imitated his life. I imitated his consecration, his consecration life. When he told me to do something, when I first came to South Florida, things I'd never done before, first thing came out of my mouth, I'm not going to do it. I remember, ladies and gentlemen, listen, listen, I was saved a year when I first met Dr. Brown. When I left St. Petersburg, I started traveling with him. The very next month, we was on the tent meeting. He spoke to me and said, the Lord said, it's time for you to preach. I was only saved, going on two years. I I wasn't raised up in church. Oh, you see how this faith thing works? I wasn't raised up in church. Before I got saved, I was working at a hospital, selling drugs on the side. And then I'm going to preach. Now, this is what he tells me. You going to preach? Hold on for a minute, if you will. I was reading something on the um, uh, on, on, on chat here. I suppose they're uh, making a statement here. <laughs> but nevertheless, let me move on here. Listen, this is how it worked. So I'm going on two years. He tells me, the Lord said, you to the minister in the noonday service. I said, I'm not going to be minister. I'm not going to minister. He said, yes, you are. I'm not going to minister. I never preached before. I don't know how to get a message. How do you get a message? Do you know what he told me? The Lord will show you. The Lord going to show me? Now, I'm only saved a little while you going on two years. Wasn't two years, fully two years yet. So I saved a year and something, and, and God told you I'm going to preach? I ain't preaching. Yes, you are, son. Now, watch this right here. He did not aid me. He did not assist me. He did show me nothing. He showed me nothing, what to do, how to do anything. But what do you think happened? I preached. I ministered. Now, what did that reveal by me stepping out in ministry? That revealed I had faith in the man that God chose for me. Now watch this right here. By me stepping out in front of people, by me stepping out to minister to them, please listen to me. By me stepping out to minister to the people, then that position the Holy Spirit to aid me to assist me. That's right, and what do you think I ministered? What do you think I ministered? The only thing I could minister is what I heard him minister. only thing. He's my leader. I went not race up in church. Never preached before. Didn't know how to study. Didn't know how to get a message. Faith without works is what? Dead. Now, what was the evidence that I believed God? By obeying the man of God. By doing what the man of God told me to do that I know I couldn't do. Everything, about, that's how my life has been shaped, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, people, I'm, I'm not special. Period. Is simply submitting to the authority in your life, trusting the authority in your life. Because if you trust the authority in your life, you've got to know that God called you to the authority. And that's why the body of Christ is one condition it is now, because a lot of us we leaders, we're weak. We can't take nothing. We really ain't submitted to nobody, never been submitted to nobody, and we do submit to somebody, we submit to them out of convenience, just to say we committed, submitted to somebody, but we really not submitted to them. They can't speak into our life. They bring correction to us. We get upset, anger, whatever the case may be, because we quote, unquote, leaders. You can be a leader by position, but not a leader by character. You can be a leader By being placed in a position, but not a leader that's been developed into a leader. And what I mean by that, your character has been developed. I can give you story after story, incident after incident, and I didn't know what God was doing. I didn't know he was developing me. I didn't know he was developing my character. I, I didn't know that it had nothing to do with my, my leader directly, indirectly did. It had nothing to do with God who was speaking through my leader. Do you believe your leader is a man of God? Do you believe your leader is a woman of God? You've got to know that by their life. Not what they preach. Not what they teach. Do they live a life that they trust God? Do they live a life that they believe God? Do they live a life that they lean in their entire human personality on God? In absolute trust? In confidence, is that the way they live? You only, Jesus says, a disciple is not greater than his master, but a disciple can be as his master. And so think about it. I only can take people where I've gone. If I haven't gone anywhere, I can't take the people nowhere. I can I can tell people what I know. I can st- I can read and study and read books. You got millions and millions of books you got access to through the internet. I can memorize things and I can articulate. Stuff. Wow! But what am I articulating? Does it line up with my life? The power is not your preaching, your teaching. The power is your life. What you, who you believe. That you're allowing to shape your life. Paul was a was a dynamic writer. Revelation from God. But look at his life. Sold out. Sold out to the Lord. Committed to the Lord. I've been married, Catherine just mar- uh celebrated twenty six years. She's she's listening to me talk now. In 26 years, have you seen me? Have you heard me complain? Have you heard me complain about the congregation? Have you heard me complain about people uh, uh, in business ripping me off? case, man? Have you, have you heard me complain, murmur, grumble? Have you seen me forgive people that has lied on me, rose up against me, persecuted me? Have you ever seen me w- walk, walk around... In uh, 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 self-pity my children have never seen it. My wife haven't seen it because I look at things differently And what I mean by that is uh, when things rise up against me I believe with all my heart mind soul and strength That it only can happen because God has permitted it to happen And I believe no weapon formed against me can prosper I didn't say I don't believe no weapon that's formed against me, cannot be formed against me. I said it will not prosper. Because I believe and trust my Father. That He is my shield, my butler, my high tower, my stronghold. He is my fortress. I believed that before I got married. I believed him before I married. I believed him before I had children. I believed him before uh, for, uh, uh, I started this congregation by the Spirit of God. Faith in him. Trust in him. So faith is you standing on the unadulterated word. Why? Because the power is not the word. The power is who spoke the word. God in his word is one. You can't separate God's word from Him, just like you can't separate your word from you. You are your word, are words. Jesus said, "The words that speak, John six sixty three, they are spirit and they are life." Your words, my words, they either all of them is spirit, but it's going to be either life or death. The person that's a liar, their their words are spirit, but they are death. The man is a man of integrity. His words is spirit. But they are life. Faith is in a person. Abraham didn't have a Bible. We got a Bible. But the Bible we have is to lead us to a person. And this is what we miss today concerning faith. We want faith to get a house, we want faith to get a husband, faith to get a wife, faith to get a car, faith to get a job, faith. But we don't want him. Can you see how messed up we can be? We don't want him. That's just like that's just like like the average child. They got faith in their parents to buy them something for Christmas. Faith in their parents to buy them something for their birthday. But do they have faith in their parents? Do they believe in their parents? No, the average arbitra- the average arbitra- don't believe in their parents. They only believe in what their parents can provide for them, believe in what their parents can do for them, believe in their parents can give them, 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 them. But do they believe in their parents? Do they love their parents? And what would be the evidence that they love their parents? We make it difficult, it's not difficult, them serving their parents, forgetting about themselves. And caring for the interests of their parents, and what that's going to do is going to prepare them to serve God, to be men and women of God. Are, are, are you getting this, ladies and gentlemen? Now, time is almost up. This is how it works: It's faith is designed to believe. And a person. God is a person. Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person. And the strength of everything is in that person. I want to pray for you before I dismiss tonight. I only got 40 uh, minutes and few seconds. I want to speak a word over your life. I want to pray for you. I want to speak a blessing over your life tonight. That you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into a divine encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he will become real to you. And that you live for his pleasure. You live to bring glory, honor, and praise to him. Father, I lift up every person that is tuned into this broadcast tonight. I speak and pronounce the blessings of God upon them. I speak right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak dichotomy, acrimony, segregation in the midst of every satanic, demonic, fleshly, soulish manipulation that's been assigned to try to block intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit. To block the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord God, let the fire of God come down and consume every enemy. Lord God, that has been assigned to block and to stop, I say not so tonight in the name of Jesus. I say not so tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command you to be rooted up and rooted out and I drive you out by the finger of God. Even now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Lord God, we thank and we praise you for the increase of the momentum of the life and the life of Christ even now. I call their spirit free. I call their soul free. I call their mind free. I call their hearts free. Now, in the name of the Lord Jesus. But now, Lord. I pray for the entrance of your word, giving them light, illumination, revelation, and wisdom for application in Jesus' mighty name. Their application will reveal the level and measure of their faith and trust in you. What they do will reveal, Lord God. Let this become a reality to them in Jesus' mighty name. We break the powers of fear to step out by faith in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for visiting your sons and your daughters in the dream state. As they lie down and sleep tonight, speak Holy Spirit, reveal Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, as their Redeemer, as their restoration and reconciliation, Oh, reveal Jesus to them tonight in a special way as they lie down tonight. Lord God we speak cotton in the midst of every enemy that will try to enter into their dreams. Say, we sing not so in Jesus' mighty name. I recall right now the cleansing of their spirit, soul, heart, mind, and their bodies by the blood of Jesus. And I thank and I praise you for raising these men of God up, raising these women of God up to know you in a real way, to live for you, sir. To live for you. Even as it says in the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 11, that they love not their lives even unto the death. They live for Jesus. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Is Christ. Let this be a reality to your sons and daughters. The hearers of this broadcast, I speak and commend, Lord that as you bring them into the revelation of Jesus Christ. I thank and I praise you that the blessings of God will overtake them on the right hand and left hand. Let this be the beginning of greater things in their intimacy with you like never before. In Jesus' name, for it is proper and it is lawful, and we permit it to be so. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this, is, this has been your host tonight, Dr. J. McKenzie, with the Master Key. We pray that the Spirit of God has challenged you tonight, challenged your thinking. I pray that he has revealed some things to you to stir you up in a greater dimension, to cause you to be more hungry and thirsty for him. Not for things, not for the promise, for him. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen, why go after the promise? Why even go after things when you have him who created all things? To have him, you have everything. So go after him, and he will bless you, manifest himself to you exceedingly abundantly before you are able to ask or think, according to the power that's at work on the inside of you. And that's the word in the Holy Spirit. We love you tonight. We thank God for you tonight. We do continue to solicit your prayers. Pray for me. Pray for the broadcast. Pray for all of those on the broadcast that God will give us a right now word to be able to speak into the lives of his sons and daughters. Well, until tomorrow, call your family and friends. that to be with them tomorrow at 6 to 7 uh, to join us by way of chat or, uh, or by way of calling in. God bless you. Let the rest of your night be blessed. Have a sweet sleep tonight.